Ghosts are horny. Spooky. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had mm-hmm. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. Welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Ellie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Jordan, you were saying you had a nightmare about the podcast? I did. Yes. I have to know. So, last episode, I edited, which I don't do too often. But I had specifically a nightmare about the editing, and it was Jesus Christ. that I had edited it, but I had accidentally left in a part where Allie was like, can we pause it real quick? I have to go pee. <laughs> I know exactly where this is going. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I made a joke like, it's okay, Allie, you can say you have to poop. <laughs> and in my dream, someone tweeted about Allie having to poop. And respond to our podcast. And if any of you do not know, Allie is very embarrassed by bodily functions. Um, She's still, I've known her for, gosh, almost five years now. And she's never farted in front of me. And I've farted in front of her many a times. I think you farted in front of, have you farted in front of Ben? Never. I will never. That's where, yeah. Don't talk to me. That's so funny. That's yeah. so funny because Jordan always is like, like, oh my God, once I almost had to like melt down because I went to, I was like, hey guys, I'm going to go pee in Jordan. What did you tell me that you told people every time I leave a room? I told Allie that every time she leaves a room and they ask where she, someone asks where she is, I tell them, I don't know, but I think she's pooping. <laughs> and this caused like almost a full meltdown like i know i'm a grown adult but also she's a grown adult in charge of other near adults yeah and what y'all don't know every time i say i'm going to go pee that's me trying to get over it because i don't even like saying the word pee i love you so much Allie. <laughs> i love you so i'm trying to condition <laughs> myself to get over Yes, I had a dream that Allie was very mad at me That's for so accidentally funny. leaving that in. <laughs> I love the idea that someone t- would tweet about it. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of thing someone would tweet at us True. about. Like, I, f- I feel like most of the tweets about the content of the episode are like, wow, Allie said some other insane thing. <laughs> like your fucking Uncrustables thing oh my from God, Houses of the Holy. That. I so, forgot that existed. It's, it's like 90% of the time, it's about some crazy ass <laughs> thing you said or did. Yes. <laughs> so sorry for exposing you to the world, Allie. Don't tweet me, y'all. Don't tweet me. I don't pee. You will never hear me burp. I think I've burped once in front of you two. Okay, well, um, with that in mind, welcome. Do, do we want to start the episode? I think we're well and warmed up. Yes, I, I would. Okay. I think so. Okay. <clears throat> Today's episode is season two, episode 15. 
The one where the trickster gets pegged. Get it? Because they... Yeah, uh-huh. They figure out that it's him. Jasper, step-by-step explain this pun. No, God, please don't. <laughs> the pun from Allie's brain, by the way. Yeah, this is an Allie original. This episode was written by John Sheban and directed by Bradford May and originally aired on February 15th, 2007. Valentine's. Valentine's Day special. Mm-hmm. I love that they open this with, like, the woman in white thing. Yeah, I Jordan, loved it. Jordan at first was like, ugh, but I'm so glad that you loved it. I did. In the end. In the end, I love it because I was all like, either we're going here again or they're making fun of themselves. And I love when a show is self-aware and this cold open was so self-aware. Mm-hmm. When you see this girl and like her outfit is not weather appropriate and like she's standing at night alone and then hits on an older man and I was like, this girl. And then I was like, fuck I am this girl. This yeah. is me. This is everything I yeah, do. Yeah, down to the dark curly hair. Well, it was like so good the way they set it up because like not only was she in the white, mm-hmm. but she had like a broken heel. She yeah. would not yeah. have been able to one. They like made her as like vulnerable as could be. Yeah. Right, right, right. The actor who plays that professor, by the way, he may look familiar to some yeah. of you all who are nerds and CW show watchers. <laughs> not us. What's the CW? You mean the cow? Moo. <laughs> I hate myself. Moo. For being in the room with him. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> anyway, his name's Barclay Hope. He was both Clifford and Claudius Blossom in Riverdale. Yeah. Makes he sense. was also Lionel Pendergast in Stargate SG-1. I just like that he was like knockoff Hugh Grant. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the vibe. Like, we that's want a Hugh Grant look. type. Yeah. And that actress, too, was so adorable. She was. She so was. Cute. Very pretty. She, like, looks like I should know her, but I don't. I think she just had one of those faces. Just one of those faces. This episode had a lot of that. I was like, everyone in here looks vaguely familiar. Well, that's because a lot of them should look vaguely familiar Mm -hmm. to you. Do you remember Curtis, the frat guy? Yeah. His name's David Tom. He played Chip Diller in Veronica Mars, which I know you watched. Yeah, Chip Um, was a pretty good character. And then Jen, who was the blonde girl Mm -hmm. he was talking to, was the Yellow Ranger in Power Rangers Dino Thunder. What? Good for you, girl. And she's also Mayhem in Cloak and Dagger. Oh. So there were a lot of, like, little faces Mm -hmm. that you may have seen if you were a genre TV watcher. Yes. My favorite thing about this episode, and I think it's perfect that they open with the woman in white because of it, is that this whole episode, yes, all the individual jokes and things are funny. Well, most of them. <laughs> but what this episode is doing is making fun of the structure of yeah. their episodes. Mm-hmm. It's literally making fun of their own format. And I just... I, like, the woman in white is just the best way to yeah. start that because it's something that they reuse over and over and over and over. So, And this man whose book is about morality, his name is Cox, and he's yeah. got the yeah, lines, yeah. I'm somewhat of a celebrity. I respect <laughs> you too much. Like, it's just you. all so on the nose. It's so fun. Right, right, yeah. I think, like, even just with like the story of the episode having it start with a dick joke and also Mm. pointing out that the book is about morality you know it just sets up the whole tone of the episode don't be a dick is the moral here especially like his lack of self-awareness where he literally Mm. opened the window which led to his own death Mm -hmm. so good 
And I feel like that's a classic horror thing, just yeah. in general, is like bad awareness of your surroundings. True. So, I mean, that's a little less tongue in cheek, but I don't know. I, I love it. I also, love it. Last thing I'll say about the intro is instead of starting out with like blatant sexism, we started out with the good for her trope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to do just a quick call out because it immediately kind of reminded me a little bit of Jennifer's body, which two days ago just got added to the Criterion collection. <gasps> Hell <laughs> fucking yeah. So, yeah, I was just very happy about that. Love that movie. Good for her. I good also her. love the the woman's eyes turn this like glossy and at first they have almost the same swirls as the yellow eyed demon that for a second I was like wait like it it almost emulates that but then turns like whitish instead (laughs) Allie's like have I forgotten this episode entirely (laughs) every signs point to yes (laughs) yeah every time I watch I'm like I had a thought it went this way but are ready to talk about the (laughs) really good motel set I love that motel. I don't know how they... I mean, obviously it was really dirty. Mm -hmm. But, like, you could rent that as an Airbnb now for, like, $250 or $300 a night. Like, there is something very, like, shabby chic and, like, down to the fucking, like, chandelier. What the fuck was that? I'm obsessed with it. It had almost, like, alcoves around each bed and then like sconce lighting yeah. in the alcove right. oh my gosh and this wild like high fantasy art yeah. Yeah. like there was a rearing horse in one of the, the framed pictures i was like what is happening here okay dean was stressing me out though that man eating that in bed like yeah i bet dean does weird sex stuff with food and i it grosses me out keep the food in the kitchen yeah i actually agree with you on this one i'm a very clean eater Mm -hmm. i almost never get stuff on my hands or like on my clothes i never spill yes i I agree also it just looks soggy and old and gross it did and he's like finger eating it like it's like very i mean it's fries so i get it it's also very in line with dean so i enjoyed it i think he's a messy king that i could never be a roommate of yeah i had this ex that like ate disgustingly like literally food would be falling all over them while they ate and like i couldn't look at them while we were eating like i had to literally avert my eyes like sometimes we'd be out in public eating and i have to sit next to them instead of across from them at a table because that's how much i could not look and that's kind of how i felt during that scene so just to reiterate right there with you Allie. but it was good setup for like just those little things that really can like needle Mm -hmm. at you oh yeah this this is like the annoying sibling episode yeah i put the sibling episode i guess that's what i wrote (laughs) incredible like this is same brain I do love seeing them have to interact like this. And you would be so fucking sick of a sibling. Like, I love my siblings. I see them for 10 minutes and we already have shit to talk. Yeah, no, absolutely. With my sister now, who I'm closest in age with, what happens with us as soon as we get annoyed is we just, like, silence. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. We never used to be like that. We always used to argue. But now, like, the both of us are like, if we're mad, we need to breathe. We need room. 
Jordan will still bring up the time my sister and I got in a fight in front of Jordan on the way to Joanne Fabrics. We weren't talking to each other inside Joanne's, and so Jordan was going between us like, oh, look, here's this picture frame. We could take a picture and commemorate how pissed you guys are. I made, I made sure to make it as awkward as possible. <laughs> Jordan, you're so such bad. a little shit. I love you. <laughs> but, like, I also knew it was, like, the best way to get them talking again was just to get it out To here. be like, hey, y'all stupid. Well, especially, like, it wasn't <laughs> like it was the dumbest fight. <laughs> I don't know. I All it. I remember is we were in the car. I'm like, you are such a bitch. And Jordan's sitting in the back like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't fight with my brother as much anymore, but I think we're a little bit further in age than you guys are with your siblings. So I don't think so. Four years. He's five, yeah. Four so, and five years, yeah. So yeah. we never like went to school together. We didn't like either. We still fight. We didn't either. I do that. My older sister, who Nicole, we always say like "fuck Nicole" because she doesn't listen. Fuck Nicole. She has started listening. Sorry, I Nicole. Think she's mad that we're successful and she doesn't get it. And like, she wants to get it. One day gets. you'll understand, Nicole. But in the meantime apologies i'm so sorry that we said fuck you nicole every other episode for a while <laughs> oh don't worry she'll give up in anger before she gets here i'm sorry sure of it <laughs> so i do like after that kind of some big ring they get we get the intense knock on the door oh, oh. yeah it feels very foreboding but then mm-hmm. it's just little bobby, little bobby. <laughs> and th- this ends like the first part of the structure mm-hmm. of the episode that they're making fun of so they have at the beginning, it's the cold open, and then it's the both of them. Mm-hmm. And the pattern is usually open, both of them, and then it flips back and forth mm-hmm. between the two brothers. Sometimes one more heavily than the other. So it goes open, both, Sam Dean, Sam Dean, both. And that's the whole episode. And this is where it starts. I was very excited to see Bobby. I yes, love he's the, the best. I think the setup of them like playing it back... And telling Bobby the story works so well here, too. It is. And there's something, like, it feels canned. Yeah. But because of the way this episode is, it should feel canned. Like, it's perfect that it feels canned. Like, this is a structure that plenty of other, like, Freak of the Week Mm -hmm. TV shows have used in the past. Even, like, shows that are not Freak of the Week. I love the recounting. True Detective. Yeah. The last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you both remember me making a comment, but uh, I, again, I was like subverted here because immediately we get like Sam's side of the story with Dean, mm-hmm. and I was yeah. like, oh no, it's an idiot Dean episode. It's going to be a Sam episode, which I love a Sam episode, but I'm like, but we're getting an idiot Dean. Because <laughs> the first thing he's doing is like a bunch of purple nurples, and he's oh with God. this really, really wasted girl. Yeah. Which can I just say, like, I know that. Like, the second girl is, like, thinner and dressier and hotter. But this first girl is pretty. pretty She's, like, really pretty. She had a big smile. I'm just like, what? What the hell? She reminds me of, um, is her name Billy Porter from Doctor Who? Billy oh, Porter yeah. is... Is the gay guy. Is Yeah, is the black gay man oh, who, with the big outfit. It's Billy something. Yeah. The Doctor Who girl with Billy the blonde Piper? hair. Billy, Billy Piper? Billy Piper, yes. I thought she, Starla looked a lot like Billy mm-hmm. Piper. I thought she was cute. But I did think about it because I had that same thought and I was like... Yeah, I don't see how the second girl was like that much classier, but I'm like... It's her, it's her clothes, it's her mostly. Clothes. But I'm like, that first girl... 
if I got to pick the two roles, I would have wanted to be the first girl, so. And I've totally been that girl who almost pukes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. sorry, just keeping my liquor down. <laughs> like, literally, I, a couple of times ago when I was out at a bar and Jordan was there, yeah. there was this girl that I had really hit it off with. And she was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to dance really intense right now. And I'm going to spin you in a million circles. And I wasn't even that drunk. And then I turned around, wobbled away, and threw up in my hands. <gasps> yeah. I had to... In public. So I've I've been... Yeah. that person before so <laughs> and i like how the people sam's talking to the girl there she like looks like she's classier i see that drink that is a vodka cranberry that is every one of my college years oh yeah to the point where i was so hammered in a bar where they were two dollars each that yeah. i went up and i would buy three at a time one two down one for each hand and i was so drunk i was like can I get a vodka, a vodberry? A vodka, and, and she was like, I've got you. And gave me more of them. What the hell? So you cannot tell me that <laughs> Dean is not somewhere on the homosexual spectrum. <laughs> homosexual. Homosexual ordering purple nurples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was implied that she had ordered them and he was trying them. But also like, that means not straight. No, I mean, we know that he's not. It's fine. Do I, though? I knew. Jordan, you've been here the whole time. <laughs> you've seen the evidence. <laughs> it reminds me of the girls from my hometown who only order buttery nipple shots. I love, though, um, when they switch. Yes. Obviously, both of them are good actors, and they're both good at, I think, different things. Mm-hmm. But Jared Padalecki... Why are you so funny? <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes of the series thus far. It's just so ridiculous. I hadn't forgotten about this scene when I went to pre-watch, like, forever ago, like, months ago. <laughs> yeah. I had, to st- I had to pause the episode by myself, just, like, cackling. I thought I was going to pee. Like, how do you do that with your face, It was sir? hilarious. He's, I know. The way he's able to, like, pinch everything and be like, Dean, <laughs> what do you think you are doing here? <laughs> So like Hermione <laughs> level. Yeah. Yes, Harry Potter one Hermione. Yes. Well, it also like there's a lot of comedy there, but it also did kind of show the way that real people do. Like when someone does something that annoys you, the way in your mind that it just mm. kind of like snowballs. Yeah. It's well, cool to see that. And then also I think it's a great lampoon of how their characters are written mm-hmm. in yeah. normal episodes. Like on an episode more focused on Sam, Dean is acting disgusting. Yeah. And like an episode more focused on Dean, he is very serious and oh, Sam very. is very like pinched mm-hmm. and pissy. Yeah. So like it's just perfect. The way that Bobby has the most patience in the <laughs> world though. That's their dad. Yeah, literally. I'm like, I'm glad we're getting a dad insert. Yeah, I, oh my gosh, forever you were like, they need a surrogate dad. (laughs) Where is their surrogate dad? John sucks. And then Bobby's here now. I love Bobby. He has a lot of patience. I would be like, you both need to shut up. Let's get a straight story. I am also really interested in how, like, this framing from a specifically Sam versus Dean perspective is one of the, quote, 
tall tales in the episode. Mm -hmm. Like, they're both exaggerated stories. There's the haunting itself is already an exaggerated story with the 669 and all of that crap. And then the aliens and the sewer gator as well. I can't get over these aliens. Like, oh my god, I would give anything to dance with Thor from Stargate. Like, oh my this god, is just yes. A dream. Yes, shut up. I'm so happy you brought that up. Before we get to the aliens, though, when they go to investigate with the janitor, yes, the room, yeah, with the, and they have the EMF raiders that are pretending to be like setting electricians. up electricians. Yeah, the Dean mouth scene. Is so with the with the oh caramels. Yeah. Ca- Why did I say it like that? Caramels. He looks like a fucking cartoon. Like, how does his mouth stretch like that? I think the worst for me was when he like sucked a bunch of spit back into his mouth. Yeah. That grosses me out so much. I like literally had to not look. That was me all day because I was eating a caramel apple sucker. So speaking of slightly gross, I don't know why. And I'm slightly ashamed. However, if I had like one weird older than me man crush in all of Supernatural, it goes to the janitor. To Richard Spate. I would fuck him for days. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about his energy. We don't know what it is either. That is a wrong opinion. No, I have no idea what it is. I swear, I dated a man for three months because he looks like him. Oh my god. I am not kidding. I don't know what Okay, I will allow this. He looks very different with the beard. I will allow that. I'll take him anyway. You know, (laughs) I love and appreciate you, and I'm begging for this conversation to be over. I'm begging you. I cannot tell you how many of my notes. Oh, my God. Are just like, why am I so thirsty for him? Like, what is this? (laughs) I will say one thing I liked about the janitor that's (laughs) non-sexual is the way that they use the janitor to not react to the crazy thing that Dean was doing in the scene. So it does kind of settle it up more like a tall tale for me because he's reacting normally to something very animated that's going on. So it kind of shows Sam's over-exaggeration of of the scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was very cool. Just how annoyed they are at each other. Yes. I'm not ready to move on. I'm very ready to move on. <laughs> Richard Spade, Allie's phone number is we may have to turn 174. <laughs> I don't know what zero. it is about this man. I think it's the smile. He has no teeth, almost. It looks like I don't even very gummy. care. I don't even care. I am not. I, I'm like a Kinsey. Which direction is the Kinsey? I have no clue. Like a, I think it's a zero to is, five and then five to ten. Yeah. Which is the gay direction? I want to say ten. Yeah. Well, whatever's the gay direction, I'm like minus one and a half from the gay direction. So this conversation is just too much for me. Yeah, but if there's any therapist out there who (laughs) want to help Allie with her weird daddy issue, we'll get into that later. Don't apply unless you're like at least 60 and look like Richard Spade. I would rather have sex with him than Sam or Dean. Insert aliens meme. Yeah, let's, um, (laughs) that's actually a really good segue, Jordan. (laughs) That's a really good segue because the next, the next tall tale we must contend with is the alien abduction of the frat guy. 
I have a lot of uncomfortable feelings about this yes. scene. It's like we just mm-hmm. in this show cannot find a way, apparently, to not make rape jokes yeah. where male victims are the butt of the joke. I yeah. just don't understand why this is funny. So, of course, they relied on, like, the alien probing trope. Like, the reaction to that was just so... And it's really hard yeah. having that reaction from, like, your main character. Yes, to have Sam, who yeah. they then, in the next scene with the fraternity pledge, is very, you know, huggy. And obviously it's exaggerated by yeah. Dean. But mm-hmm. that is part of Sam's character. He's mm-hmm. a little gentler with people. Yeah. So to have Sam in that scene, like, pinched up trying not to laugh at that. Mm-hmm. And then Dean exclaiming an alien made you his bitch. Yeah. Like, is a lot. I, I just don't think it's funny. If it had been a female character, it wouldn't have been a joke like that. Yeah. But if I was the butt of that joke, I would be pissed. I've mm-hmm. been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. It's not funny, okay? The slow dancing, that's funny. So funny. That's funny. And it's not really at anyone's expense. It's just absurd. I would have loved if they had been, like, they removed a kidney from him. Yeah. Or something weird. And then he's like, no. The worst part is the dancing. Right. Like, that would have been hilarious. Well, right, right, right. Too, that this is a revenge thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what was he doing to those pledges? Well, they, they say. Oh, yeah. They say in the next scene. And this part, I think, is meant to be the part that yeah. we're taking a little more seriously. Is that the implication is that he's, like, serial raping the pledges. Yeah. Which yeah. is really fucking dark. Yeah. Like, at least with the professor, like, he's a skis. But mm-hmm. the implication there is that it is consensual he's just an asshole yeah but no this is like this is intense i almost wish that this guy would have been killed instead of yeah yeah it's just not i don't know and i think another thing that makes me very like uncomfortable during this scene as well is that Dean is the one who takes it more seriously at first like Mm -hmm. he is kind of shifty eyed and weird during it and we have had these episodes in the past where he's like talking about being roofied Mm -hmm. and chloroformed and all this stuff and I'm like oh well at least you are seeing this as a violation although like you're not expressing it well but it's just not it's just not funny sorry Mm -hmm. And it's not necessary. It adds absolutely nothing. It takes away so much. Yeah, like my ability to focus for the next, like, five minutes. And I'm hoping this is something that wouldn't have flown today. Not justifying it then. But then I see shit that's, like, on Riverdale. And I'm like, well, right, hasn't changed that much. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like CW shows now are, like trying to seem like they're trying to be woke so mm-hmm. untangle that mess but uh you know they're, they ain't trying that hard yeah at least like there's some talk now of like how unfunny it is but yeah Ugh. i don't know how you guys feel about the whole sam to be like over emotional and make fun of how like gentler he is I don't know. There was also, like, the demasculation, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Of, especially with, like, the say pansy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, when pansy is specifically like an anti-gay yeah. thing. Yeah, no, I... You want to know how I feel about it? 
bad. <laughs> I don't like it. It just really sucks because the, the <laughs> alien dancing scene was so funny and it was so well done and yes. just everything surrounding it like sucked. Yes. But I mean, I think I, I don't even mind him being like overly emotional like that mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah, because it says more about Dean, I think, that mm-hmm. he's uncomfortable with like comforting people mm-hmm. and being more emotional with with strangers than it really says about Sam. Uh, so, you know, that's fine. I still think that's at least mildly amusing, especially, again, Jared's delivery of that and his whole body language and everything is just ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's all I got to say about about mm-hmm. all of that. And I still, I still have one more big bone to pick with this episode, but we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> Next... We have the sewer. The fucking sewer gator. I love the fact that there's a sewer gator. Yeah. yeah. This is when the story starts to be more the two of them. It's sort of merged yeah. back into both of their perspectives at once again. And I really like it because um, you get the sense that they're starting to be less mad at each other. Mm-hmm. Because they're both doing things that are smart and normal. Like, recognizing mm-hmm. that it's an alligator scale from the belly. I don't even think they're less mad, but I think it's more like they're so concentrated on the case. Sure. Like, I like how they, and this is such a sibling thing, when there's something you deal with. Sure. You don't stop being pissed. You get shit done, and then you return to being pissed. Yeah. Well, depending on your personalities. But I feel True. like this is that's how they interact. I just really want to, like, a Pennywise in the sewers. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. I I wasn't really sure, like, what they were trying to get at here with him trying to grab the fancy watch out of this sewer grate. Because this was the guy who was the animal testing dude. And that seems like a very, like, greedy, grabby Mm -hmm. thing. So I was like, I'm not totally sure what this is. But I do like that he got eaten alive by an alligator. alligator, A sewer gator, even. Mm -hmm. Him and his paper-thin suitcase. (laughs) Fuck him. Allie was very upset about his suitcase being too small. It's like half an inch Yeah, thick. I felt like out of the Telltales, this one was a little bit more canned mm-hmm. than the other two. And I don't mean canned in like a canned thing, but just like shoehorned in. Yeah. But I like the idea of using the myth of an alligator in the Well, story. I mean, for a multi-conflict story, you can't have all of them be as fully fleshed out yeah, is the thing. Sense. So, like, it makes sense that this one is, like, the last one and it's got the least attention to detail. Yeah. I will say what annoys me about this is that this is the, if I'm recalling correctly and not just forgetting things, the only instance of a sewer gator. My ass would like a real sewer gator episode. Someone write me the sewer gator case fic. I'm obsessed with the sewer gator. My pet peeve, whenever someone goes and lifts up a manhole cover from below and walks out, do you know how much they weigh? A lot. On average, 250 pounds. That's a lot to lift up above you as you're climbing up. Baby arms, Jensen Ackles, I do not believe that you can lift like 300 pounds over your head i'm sorry uh-huh. <laughs> probably can now he recently got, up for the boys. He got enormous for that jesus i really like the next scene because we get like a true bobby dad moment mm. so it starts with dean yeah. finding sam's money clip by the tires <laughs> that have been deflated yeah 
and he's immediately mad because, mm-hmm. of course, they think it's some kind of sibling, like, trying to get at each other. Especially having had an episode like Hell House yes. mm-hmm. where we know that they prank each other and go back and forth like that. It's not totally inconceivable. I didn't write it down, but is this also when uh, Sam opens his laptop and he has the computer virus? That was, a, that was a little earlier. Yeah. Okay, so we missed that, but it's kind of in retaliation Yeah, for yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like that Bobby is like, hold up here. Like, this should be so easy, but you're, like, at each other's throats so much. And there's been so many times in this series that I just wish we had that voice to be like, snap out of it, boys. Yeah, and he's doing that. And that's the Bobby thing. He's like, no, you're stupid. Pay attention. And he has the best lines. He says, if you two bother to pull your heads out of your asses, it'd be clear. And I'm like, that's that's just so Bobby. It is. I also really like earlier when they're talking about aliens, he says it's all just cranks and pranks. Yeah. Which is funny because it is a prank. Yeah. By the trickster. And of course, Bobby's the one who knows instantly. This all goes with my theory that the reason the boys get so much wrong lore-wise is because John Winchester bullshits with the lore, has no respect for other ideas or religions or histories, and that has passed that on to the boys when Bobby knows his shit. Yeah, he does. He does. When it cuts to the next scene, the first detail, when we find out the trickster is taking his tall tales from their version oh of the national Enquirer magazines yeah i thought that was such a fun touch and super topical because at the time those magazines were huge yes, yes. they're not really anymore not which is sad yeah they were so fun i think like part of that just has to do with the fact that like print publications aren't as big a thing anymore just in general because yeah. of the internet and we've talked about this before but like youtube only became a thing in 2005 and this is mm. this was aired on in 2007 yeah it's like all these fake stories are now just on tiktok and reddit right now yeah now it's just 14 year olds being like i found a gator in my toilet oh my gosh (laughs) and people like i don't know what the kids do with their tiktoks they send them to each other with their tiktoks tiktoks I, don't, I can't have tiktok on my phone it crashes my phone so excuse me for being out of the loop yeah, I also liked his uh, orange silk boxers and the big old porn oh. music. They were so they were red, but yes, yes, we love the disco vibes. Mm-hmm. Love those, and I love that he has a Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that was about, but I enjoyed it. Uh, he just wants some companionship. Okay, Allie, let's let's hear some trickster lore. Let's hear it. So, trickster lore is one of my favorite things. And so for today, I'm just going to do like an overview of tricksters. And this is an archetypal character that's like through everything. Every culture's got them. Every culture throughout time, which is part of why it's so fascinating to me. Like to me, one of the biggest things in mythology is like why we have these recurring characters in different cultures that have no connection and weren't able to trade stories at the times that they were created. I am sure y'all are familiar with examples. There are so many. So one really famous that's specifically Native Americans, First Nations, is coyote, which then crosses over into other cultures as well. And often like a coyote or a fox is seen as a trickster, sometimes like a hare or a rabbit, like Br'er Rabbit in America. We also have things like fairies and leprechauns, obviously Loki. Literally like every culture has at least one trickster character, whether it's a human being, uh, an animal, 
god, demigod, like they're all different types. One of my favorites is in Shakespeare. I love Puck. Puck. Puck's wonderful. And my sister's cat is named Puck. And he Shut is. Shut up. That's such a good cat name. Puck and Oberon. Puck and Obi. Oh my god. <laughs> and he gets into probably just as much trouble. But I think the most underrated, that's my favorite in Shakespeare, is The Fool in Twelfth Night. Because often it's the fool and the person who plays like this less intelligent character who truly is stirring shit up, whether they mean it and know everything or they don't. I feel like often in mythological stories, mm-hmm. it's the first one where like they know everything that's yes. going on and they're just acting like an idiot as a cover. I agree, which is why some people would argue that Jack Sparrow played dumb in a lot of circumstances. But Oh, in like Pirates he... of the Caribbean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was based off of Jack Rackham, mm-hmm. the actual pirate who had a similar vibe. Yeah, and there are ones, even in like mythologies and things you might know, you might not realize are tricksters, like Lilith can be considered a trickster. And also, <laughs> one of my favorite arguments, Ferris Bueller. Uh-huh. Um, and also, Tyler Durden. There was a whole essay about why he was a trickster. Fits the archetype of it. Hmm. Interesting. So... These characters often are the ones that kind of screw over gods and help out man by teaching us how to survive in the chaos. So either by bringing fire, teaching us skills like cooking, hunting, those type of things. Some even teach how to have sex. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for leading the way on that one. I'm sure there's people out there who need it. (laughs) We have encountered a few. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And often it's through negative examples of, like, the failures of it. So doing the wrong to teach you how to do the right. And the goals are so fun. Like, some goals, fun, chaos, anti-authority, just stirring shit up. Sometimes they also teach you to prepare for hard times. So through this comedy or through this, like, turning everything on its tail are actually very helpful. And they push boundaries, but not really. Because oftentimes they push boundaries, but then everything kind of writes itself in society at the end. So there was one quote I really like from Lucy Taylor. She says, as we think about how the stories we read or write are challenging the status quo, remember that the illusion of rebellion may be the trickster's greatest trick. So it's a way of us like trying to escape the reality and test our boundaries, but then nothing comes of it. And that trick may be so cathartic that then we never actually want to challenge the status quo. Interesting. Yeah. It's so fascinating, and I also think there's a big thing, too, with a lot of the male characters. They're able to be tricksters, live their tricksters' life, and, like, nothing bad comes of it. But oftentimes, when it's a female trickster, they're punished for it. Yeah. One that I know a lot about is um, Kitsune in Japanese Mm. mythology. Almost always women characters who are shapeshifters and get killed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like men are able to push the status quo in a way that women are not at least in stories, socially able to. So that's all fascinating to me. And I think it ties in a lot with Supernatural, where this is an episode that's literally challenging the status and how these episodes are shaped themselves. And while it's able to do that, at least I am assuming, and all of you have seen it's not a big spoiler, like it goes back to normal. It's not like something great comes of this and now everything's changed. We get to play around with format, ask ourselves new questions about the characters and like what we're truly seeing when it's through one of their eyes. Right. But then nothing changes. 
Right. We go, well, that was interesting. And then move on. I also love the idea of them having to out-trick a trickster. I think that is such a good setup and shows off our characters' abilities. Yes. Yes, for sure. Well, especially because the episode sets it up that, like, Dean and Sam are kind of bumbling their way through this and not Mm -hmm. able to get along. So they kind of overcome that. I also do like, like you were saying, the different types of tropes we hit in this. Like, I think we were just talking about the laptop and the tires being released. That's like, kind of goes back to like brownies and fairies. Like you get a little bit of sprinkle of everything. Right, exactly. But of course we do have to have the concubine. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, my... (laughs) My other big bone to pick here is these, like, lingerie-clad women who were strutting around that are literally objects. The trickster literally tries to give them up for offer to Dean. Like, they they have no free will whatsoever. I Uh, don't have so much issue with that because that's what the whole show does. I mean, yeah. So it's almost like calling out the shit the show does. Not to an effective extent, but... I don't think it was even remotely effective. Like, if they had... I don't don't know how to make it even more over the top than it was. Like, I I just don't know. My thing was the juxtaposition with how they empowered the woman in the cold open. And then they do the opposite here. Just kind of shows a lack of self-awareness to me that I thought this, this episode had. Which made me a little sad, but... yeah. Because I do often associate a trickster character as all-knowing. I kind of took it as like, this is a critique on Dean and what people think Dean wants. Like, because it was very much like, just throw naked women at him, which the show does. It Yeah, no, and I get that. I just still, like, combined with some of the other choices made in the episode, I think it just wasn't doing enough for me to be like haha that's a good self dig because like they weren't like winning anything or getting anything from it you know what i mean because they had no agency as characters it didn't i did like watching them kick the shit out of dean even that okay and i will admit hilarious yeah i love that but why is it funny It's funny because it's emasculating, you know? So even in that sense, there's an element of sexism going on. Because women, especially hot women, especially women in their underwear, aren't strong. So it's ridiculous that they're beating up this dude. I thought to me that because they do have, like, women who are physically capable of attacking men often in the show, that I thought it was funny because it was, like... I don't know about often. That's true. They're always fighting them, at least, yeah. like, physically. I thought it was more comic because it's, like, the ideal of, like, here's what Dean wants, and then that's the thing that kicks the well, shit out of him. Another issue I have, too, is that the trickster in this situation was also shown as a vindicator. Mm. He even, like, vindicated women through the first kill, <laughs> but then he has the power to create sex objects. So to me, it mm-hmm. shows that the show itself does not take any issue with this. True. So, I 100% agree yeah. with that. That's just how I felt personally. I, d- I totally understand your read, Allie, but I'm definitely on the other end. <laughs> oh, no, I just think it's interesting how we get, like, different yeah, absolutely. things from the same scenario. And I don't think it's well done. No. I won't say that. Yeah, um, definitely on the same page there. But I, I think, I guess because I'm, all, like, 
he's omnipotent. Trickster is omnipotent. I do like seeing him use women to screw over men. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Plus, okay, I'm also convinced that all tricksters are bi icons. Yes, and they're also all transgender. Yes. You know, I would have liked it more and been more okay with it if he made, like, one hot lady and one hot dude. Yes. That would be amazing. Yes. See, that would have reconciled it perfectly for me. You've done it, Jordan. (laughs) You've figured out the missing element. Surprise for me. The thing that fixes it for me is hot dudes. Very, very shocking turn. Yeah. Also, I just want to mention one small thing that we passed up that I thought was very cute. I love that Dean reads their version of National Enquirer in his free time. I thought it was very cute. Yes. He's adorable. Dean, to me, it seems like someone who just, like, picks up anything on the road. Mm -hmm. Like, anything to keep him out. He loves camp. Dean appreciates camp. But I think people underestimate him because I'm sure he's just, like, reading whatever he can get his hands on and it keeps him happy. Yeah, that's one of my favorite little headcanons is, like, thrift store books. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the little bookshelf in motels sometimes where just oh, random yeah. shit's left? I think he probably reads a lot of pulp romance as well because it's I easy to that. get your hands on and there's a shitload of it. And Tom Clancy. I hope not. I, I hope not. Don't even know what Tom Clancy writes. Oh he my writes God. like military propaganda <gasps> stuff. <laughs> I bet he's read some. He probably has, to be honest. It's yeah. easy to get a hold of. Well, and Dean wanted to join the military, so. True. Maybe. I, th- I thought they had alluded to that. Maybe no, they, he said he wanted to be a firefighter. Fi- okay. His well, dad was in the military. His dad was in the military, yes. Mine. But Dean is John. John is God. John is also Satan. John is the jacket. John is the car. <laughs> John is Sam. <laughs> John is Sam. John is Mary? <laughs> Bobby is John? No. <laughs> okay, I have one big question about this big scene with the sure. trickster. The, the fight scene. What blood is on these stakes? Lamb's blood. Oh, I missed that. Never mind. I was like, what? I don't know if they said that in the episode. That might be something that's established later in the canon. Okay, cool. I just love their big, girthy steaks. I'm just used to, like, Mr. Steak from Buffy. Um, It's Mr. Pointy. Mr. Pointy, how could I? I don't know. I'm just used to Mr. Pointy. These were some big fucking steaks. They're like two-handers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allie use looks that at me grip. with this twinkle in her eye while she says two-handers. Yeah, for you don't know, Allie has her hands out and making circular motions like she's churning butter right now. Yeah, the one who has to home. hold a microphone box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely am. Allie, gross. You're such a pervert. Can we just go back to how hot the trickster is? No, Stop. absolutely not. I'll never bring up girth again, Allie. Let's circle back. Circling back. What do you think the thought process was behind the cannibal chainsaw killer? Oh my god. What was up with that? I'm pretty sure they he made an appearance in like the little national Yeah. Oh he was. Thing. He was. Yeah. But like I love it because it's like every camp horror story that's never true. Like the next page would be the Loch Ness monster, but you can't have that bitch show up. Sure. No, no, no. I like get that it was in the National Enquirer that he was reading. My question is like, what was it doing in the story? Literally nothing. <laughs> For me, at least. Okay. I assume always killing children. I think it was just supposed to be an 
Okay, so, like, the woman in white is getting back yeah. at this sleazy professor, and the anal probing is getting back at the serial rapist, and the being mauled by the alligators getting back at the animal testing. The only thing I can think of is, at this time, the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, which is based mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. an urban myth, was very big. I wonder if they were well, just yeah. trying to... All I can think is this was a guy at a camp fed up with the fucking children. <laughs> I wish I could Maybe have... it's just because it's like an amalgam of the kind of things they fight. Mm. I kind of wonder I I wish I remembered the article that he had read or seen it enough because I wonder if it was like leading to a future kill or something mm. else that was going on campus, but I didn't pick yeah. anything up personally. I mean, it's altogether possible it was just to be ridiculous because mm-hmm. that's another element of the show that we frequently have to contend with is that it's stupid and doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So I loved it. I also no. Loved- I was I was into it. Same. Let me tell you, it was ludicrous. There was a fucking. There was the giant red silk sheets on the bed and the disco music and the lingerie okay. fight. So, and then suddenly there's fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre in there. So second thing, when everything disappears, the bed doesn't. I want uh, yeah. to know what weird ass art school play. They're putting on that has that bed on stage because you know community college and like colleges put on the weirdest plays that they like, do. They write. Oh my god! Well, the chalkboard in the auditorium was really focused on Sophocles, so yeah, I'm not super familiar with the works of Sophocles. Maybe something for that. Mm. All involves a silky red bed. Why not? Those who are listening, tell us if. Sophocles was a weirdly horny philosopher, and if the bed somehow I mean, goes Greek, with his work, so. oh, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, they all are, of course. Yeah, we get lots of Dean about. Belly in this fight. His little tummy's out. <laughs> his little, little tummy's on the whole Dean time. Belly. It's it's moments like that that <laughs> I can't believe I'm bringing this up. It's moments like that that m- make me so uncomfortable about extreme like photoshops of of their physique <laughs> like jordan what what, what was oh that actually that you found i couldn't tell what it was just that it was a ridiculous photoshop <laughs> of naked jensen so was I it a blanket no it was it's a poster? massive painting the size of my tv <laughs> not painting a print that's ridiculous yeah it was like a I want to say a 50 inch by 10 inch. Jesus. Yeah, it was, it was huge. Jensen's head like badly photoshopped onto this very bent body on top of like a, a very square podium. So if you guys want to know how I found it and you want to see a weird Photoshop <laughs> naked Jensen, go to Amazon and type in supernatural notebook. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. And it was like the fourth result. <laughs> They're like, we know what you really want. Mm-hmm. We know what you want. But yeah, it's, it's moments like that that make me just, I cannot understand why people make those. I don't understand. Yeah. I will never understand. It was, I just can't get over the pose. It looked so uncomfortable. The pose was strange. Yes. It was it, a weird It pose. looked like when you take a shot of a diver midair. A little. Yeah. But like <laughs> upside down. No, and then you rotate it. Oh, oh, I and see And then you what, Photoshop you the mean. head and make them naked. All right. Well, Iconic. that's enough of that. That's enough of that. I love that even when we get to, like, the end, they're still spoofing the format of the mm, show. Mm-hmm. They have that apology at the car. <laughs> they Neither of them can actually say sorry, but they do They do apologize. And it's sweet, just like the end of most of the episodes. True. 
But then I, I love Bobby being the audience in that moment. It's like, mm-hmm. you're breaking my heart. Okay, let's just fucking go. We get it. Episode's over. Get on the road. Like, fucking timing. Like, just sit in the car and say it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I love Bobby. Yeah. Love him. Thank you, Bobby. It was very funny. I put that, and then I put all hail Trickster. Jordan, were you expecting him to not be dead? <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah. Which I was happy, because, like, he, he was kind of killing people who deserved it. So I was all mm-hmm. like, you go do you. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, they're just d- desserts. Yeah, they're just desserts. Mm-hmm. Like his little Snickers bar or whatever he was chewing on. Yeah, it looked like a, a Mr. Good bar. It looked like those things you sell at school for a dollar. Shut up. Oh, my God. <laughs> that are like, like when you're in high school. Candy. Yeah, and you're doing it for, like, the music department or yes. whatever. Yeah. Well, I also liked that he lived because, like, not only... As a viewer, did nothing story-wise happen, which I feel like the show itself was kind of parroting in this. But, like, literally nothing happened for the boys yeah. either. Because, like, they right. didn't vanquish the monster. I'm sure they had some personal growth, but, like... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the whole idea, uh, like, Allie was talking about, like, nothing changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, I thought it was an appropriate ending. Yeah, I agree. The one where the trickster gets pegged. <laughs> I was trying to turn this around. I feel like we've had alley pegging discourse on this podcast before. Jordan's always on about alley pegging discourse. I know what you said, but it really sounded like you said alley pegging this horse. <laughs> oh, like, God. Wow. <laughs> you have to stand on like a stepladder for that one. Oof. Oh, my God. Horses are tall. They are tall. Maybe the pegging thing, the dildo. And it's does, on my forehead. Allie does have short hair. <laughs> Oh my god. Do not have short words. Why did you say that? (laughs) Allie's like, no, I wouldn't stand on a ladder to peg a horse. I put the peg on my face. Obviously. (laughs) My mom is gonna hear this. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. <laughs> the podcast where Ali says fucked up shit when we least expect it. Special thank you to my fever, which has made my brain melt into this. Y'all want to hear about the fanfic I picked? Yeah. Woo. I'll have y'all know it was very difficult to find a fic with the trickster in it. Are you serious? That would be appropriate for this episode oh, oh. for reasons i was so fucking Allie's offended like, i'm ready for my trickster smut that's what this is hell yeah <laughs> i love it that's what this is this fic is from 2011 Ooh. it's called tall tales and small exaggerations by ao3 user meh forget it separated by underscores summary Sam has enough of Dean during Tall Tales and leaves the hotel before he kills his brother. On his walks, he bumps into the enigmatic janitor they had spoken to the day before. This is just Sam Winchester fucks the trickster. It's rated E, so that's literally that's what this is. It's it's just smut. Hmm. Fair. Like almost 3K words. Wow. That's all it is. That's a lot of smut. It also has Sam and Dean and Bobby. You know, sometimes people be horny. 
I did say something about Sam weirdly looking like he was hitting on the trickster. Yeah, in the office talking. Mm-hmm. And they're like like gazing into each other's eyes. I'm like, hmm, height difference. Is that why he was mad at Dean for like possibly ruining his <gasps> chances with the trickster? Oh, oh my god. It's just it's just weird because Dean, who's always like worried about Sam's sexual well being, true, may have cock blocked him in this episode. Ugh, Dean. Now that you mention it, I'm actually surprised, considering how much of a lampoon of their episode structure this was, that there wasn't a really over-the-top scene of Dean trying to help Sam get laid True. or something. Yeah. So, I'm going to send this link directly to Allie. <laughs> Please don't. Can I talk about, <laughs> since we're talking about horny stuff, can I talk about my weird headcanon for this episode? Shut yes, up, yes. Okay, so... I don't want to offend anyone. I will come around to Dean being bisexual eventually because he is canonically bisexual. But I mean, where you're at in the series, though, I understand why he reads that way for you. And I think it's fine. Then the reason in this episode, I'm like, because the trickster was playing tricks specifically related to the laptop, when Dean gets caught looking at porn and Sam finds it, and I think the reason... Dean didn't say anything just because he was like yes I look at that straight porn Oh, like he didn't correct him when he actually was not looking at porn because he was not the one misusing the laptop that was the trickster true Jordan this is brilliant yes I'm obsessed with your brain and that's just kind of how I read it personally Dean was like yes perfect cover up also I am very straight (laughs) I do enjoy the large titties (laughs) As soon as you were like, let me tell you my sexual head canon, I turned to put my arm on the side of the couch, but Jordan's leg was so close, I almost grabbed Jordan's <laughs> inner thigh. I was like, no, let me tell you about the horny trickster truth more. <laughs> like, this is, like, I think you saw the fear in my eyes. I did. I loved it. <laughs> As I almost caress you mid-recording. Watch out, Allie's fiance. Trickster is coming to town. Oh, I meant Jordan. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Jordan. I can be a trickster. No, it's what's his face or bust. <laughs> like he's gonna. T- <laughs> you're gonna bust what's his face? No, Are you gonna bust a nut on Richard Speed? <laughs> I'm so sorry, but this is not what I mean. <laughs> it is what she means. She's gonna get her gross nut all in your beard. Okay, first of all, if I had a nut, which I don't, it would not be gross. Yeah, you got a lady nut. <laughs> me. You're a lady. That's why you got a sweet, delicate lady nut. If I had what I would, okay? Nah, I only got fat nuts. <laughs> We've killed her. Oh, Allie is now officially dead. I'm just like, We're now hiring a third co-host, <laughs> and by hiring, I mean we will not pay you. I mean you pay us. Yeah. Yeah, you can pay us to be on the podcast. How does that sound? <laughs> um, you can pay me to come help me with audio if you really want. I'm delightful. I'll make you tea. Do we want to rate the episode? Yes, I please. would love to rate the episode. Okay. Um just because of the kind of sexist and assaulty implications, I'm going to give this one. It's not even implications. Oh, okay. yeah, it's true. Like it's straight not up. straight up. I'm going to give this four 
out of five. Um, God, I'm trying to get alley nuts out of my head. <laughs> I'm gonna. Jordan just can't stop thinking about alleys. I'm thinking nuts. a four out of five. Richard Spade's face busted on by alley. <laughs> I was trying to make you all feel uncomfortable this whole episode. It'll never work, Allie. It backfired so hard. Yes, it did. You're playing a dangerous game. It's so dangerous. <laughs> I regret everything. <laughs> um, but yes, but even though I'm giving this episode a four to five, I did love this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I like that they played with the format. What about you, Allie? Love this episode. Trickster's one of my all-time fa- favorite characters. I have to give it five out of five girthy pointed woods. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jasper? I'm going to rate this one the lowest, actually. I'm going to give this one a 3.75 out of five meaty brain splatters. Because that was a loud splat sound effect when, that, splat. when mm-hmm. that guy fell out of that window. Just saying. I do find this episode really funny. It's just the things that I don't like about it are very offensive. And the whole rape Mm -hmm. joke segment is like treated the silliest out of any of the jokes. Mm -hmm. And it's actually the most disturbing and the least funny. And that makes a lot of difference to me. Which is a shame because I feel like otherwise this is a very smartly written episode and it's mostly very self-aware. Well, I guess I got to do the hardest segment because the whole point of this episode was to push nothing along. <laughs> and I have to guess what's going to happen in the next episode. Well, we know we know where their heads are at. Mm-hmm. And we know what happened in the episode before this. So. True. And we're getting close to the end of the season. So because I think what next episode is 16. So that's only mm-hmm. six more episodes. Seven. Yeah. So in the next episode, I think we're going to get some more cop drama. What was the detective's name that's after Dean? Henriksen. Henriksen. I think we're finally going to get some Henriksen because I thought that we were going to get that this episode, but it turned out it was mm. because the car was out of commission, not because he was trying to elude the police again. Mm. So I think maybe that's kind of alluding to next episode that they're going to be trying to solve some kind of mystery while Henriksen is also on their case. I'm still thinking Gordon is going to escape prison. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. they're going to have, I think they're going to have like a three-way threat. We're going to have Hendrickson on them. Gordon trying to get his revenge as the hunter. And a monster at the same time (gasps) that they're trying to hunt while this is all going on. I love What the monster is going to be, I don't know. But yeah, that's it. I I love love that. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar. And special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time on Highway 41 in Nevada. Bye. Bye. Bye.